Father, we do lift up Arlen, and we do pray, God, I pray that as that team of surgeons get together, I, I pray that as they begin to work on him, that, Lord, you would work on their hearts, and uh, God, just draw them. Use Arlen as that, that light for you, and draw them to you, and we do pray for uh, just a, a successful surgery, and, and uh, God, that you would be with, be with them, be with Arlen, bless Cynthia and the children, God, and again, just uh, uh, heal their hearts. I'm sure the little guys have some stuff going on, Lord, and, and just protect them and heal them and uh, just be with the whole family and do that work there. And Lord, we do lift up this time as we're in your word, as John is speaking to that generation and giving them uh, insight into what was going on around them. And just as they were like us, they're just a church trying to be the church, and Lord, things are happening. So I pray that we would glean for ourselves what John has to say today, that it wouldn't just be something we're reading in our Bible or something that happened 20 centuries ago, but God, we would understand we need this information now. So Lord, bless this time. Open up our hearts to receive from you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, as we've been watching and John has been talking, and remember, he's, he's, there's, there's some false teaching creeping in, and it's going to kind of come to a head today, but it's creeping into the church. John is defending against it, but he started out talking to him about their, the whole idea that those guys needed to get in a place where they're living correctly, and then he talked about us loving one another. We spent a couple weeks on that and, and, and moving in that direction. Now, listen, now he's gonna talk about some false teachers and what's happening and our responsibility as a church against false teaching. And I think what's important here is that we understand this is not written to church leaders. It's written to all of us. And we have a responsibility as believers to be discerning. We need to be people who we're paying attention. Now, from studying, I know, listen, there was some false teaching creeping in in the first century, which kind of blows my mind, right? The church has been around, what, for maybe 30 years when John wrote this, and there's already false teachers and false teaching. That kind of sort of blows my mind, but not really because they've been around in Israel. So, so that happens, and, and I kind of get that. But listen, if they had it then, 20 centuries later, don't you think there's more now? And we live in an era, we live in a time where, man, there's a plethora of teachings out there, right? There's, there's so many different ways. You've got podcasts, you've got YouTube, you've got Instagram, you've got TikTok now. You've got all of these things that you can go to and just archived internet stuff that you can go and you can grab a hold of. How discerning are you about all that stuff? What does your podcast look like? What do you have? What do you have downloaded? What do you have in there? And what things are going on? That's what, listen, that's what John wants to know. And I think it's important we understand and that we're careful. We are people that are careful what we eat spiritually. I think a lot of us are pretty careful on what we eat physically, right? We want to take care of our bodies and be careful. Shouldn't we be more so spiritually? 
So John's going to challenge us, and listen, man, my prayer is it hits our heart. Oh, I have a quote here by John Calvin that's interesting. So you have the first century, then you have John Calvin around the 1500s, and listen to what he says about this passage. Here's what he says. Now we must be aware that Satan had already seduced many who under the name of Christ scattered their deceptions. Similar instances at this day ought not to terrify us. Listen, we should realize it's ha if it happened then, surely it's happening now. So in my mind, listen, if it happened in the first century, then it happened in the 1500s, well, it's gonna be happening now. And so we need to be people, but I think sometimes, listen, I think sometimes for the sake of love, we just wanna accept everything. And then my favorite is the ones who say, don't judge me, bro right? Hey, I have a right to do that according to God's word. So listen to what, listen to what John says. Look at verse one. Oh, and he starts, I want to emphasize, he starts beloved. Notice and, and pay attention to when he writes to the church versus when he talks about the people in the world. So what does he call the church? Beloved, right? Term of endearment. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. You know, that might be something here in the 21st century we might just highlight. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everybody who claims to be, you know, a Christian and teaching. So he says, do not believe every spirit. By the way, when he's speaking here, I think spirit is synonymous with teachers, right? They're people who are being taught or who are teaching. And he says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So John is setting this up. He's setting this up. He's gonna talk to us a little bit about how we test the spirits, what our responsibility is, and how to go through this. But he just makes a statement, number one, we should be testing the spirits. What is a major test we should use when we're listening to somebody teach? The Bible, the word of God, right? And that should be, listen, that should be our, our, our line that we, we draw for everybody, no matter who it is. If they say something contrary to the word of God, then we need to quit listening to them. We need to get them out of our podcast. We need to get them off of our devices and, and you know, get rid of them and be faithful to do that. Oh, we may be going someplace where they're doing that too, so you can leave. I guess people still go to church today. <laughs> Got quiet. But anyway, listen, 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 listen. He says, we have a responsibility. And you know what? I want to emphasize too, this is the word of God. Listen carefully. It doesn't just contain the word of God, it is the word of God. Some will tell you, and it sounds, sounds the same, oh well that contains the word of God. What they're telling you is there's parts of it that do not and are not from God. So be careful when people say that. So just laying that out, there's, there's one little test right there that you can use. Listen to what people say, and in our generation, we have to ask people to define things, right? Hey, when I talk to people, you know, generally for, for a couple, listen, a couple decades, I've been asking people when they talk about Jesus or spiritual things, define what you mean. 
And theologically, you, I've kind of had to do it, but now every conversation you have, you have to do it, right? What do you mean by male, female? What do you mean by this? What do you mean, you know, and, and we're getting more and more where everything has to be defined. So he's saying, listen, we have a responsibility. We need to test the spirits. And just because somebody comes and they're really nice and they're really sincere does not make them correct. And we need to know that. Listen, it's interesting when, when, when the children of Israel, and then later on Paul writing, but I'm thinking of, of the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 13 and, Jer- and Deuteronomy 18 and, and Jeremiah chapter 23. Listen, when they, God gave them a criteria to test prophets. And generally it was, and most people think this, well, if what they said didn't come true, then that proves they're a false prophet. But that wasn't the only criteria. I want to read out of Deuteronomy 13 because I think it's important for us to realize. He says, if there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and he gives you a sign or wonder and the sign or, or the wonder comes to pass, so it happens of which he spoke to you, But then he's saying, let us go after other gods which you have not known. Let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or the dreamer of dreams. Oh. You see, he may be successful, but he's telling you to follow another god. Saints, we gotta be careful. We gotta be people who we are careful about what people say to us. And then, listen, and then in this, at the end of this, he says, at the end of verse one, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Man, in John's day, it's not just a few, many. Jesus, listen to what Jesus said as he was here. And listen, it's so amazing what John says is just kind of repeating what Jesus said. Listen to what Jesus said. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Oh. By the way, when Jesus says they come to you in sheep's clothing, he doesn't mean that they dress up in wool and put on a little woolly suit and look like a sheep. What Jesus is talking about is they dress up like the shepherd to be deceitful. When he says sheep's clothing, they're acting like the shepherd to be deceitful. And Jesus says, watch out for them. And then in Matthew 24, he says, for false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. And then later on, speaking to the church in Revelation, he says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance, I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men and that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. So do you get the idea that we kind of have this responsibility to check things out? So John lays that out. He makes a statement in verse one, then verse two and three. He's gonna give us some theological test that we do or he's going to give us characteristics of a good teacher and theology behind that then in verse four he's going to talk about the holy spirit working in us and how he moves us and then in five and six he's going to talk about the idea that we need to be people of the word and here's something that we need to take away from this he tells us we need to be people of the spirit and the word 
And he's gonna let us know, you can't understand the word without the spirit. And bottom line, really, you can't understand the spirit without the word. The two go together. So that's what we do. So let's look at two and three. He says, by this, in verse two, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Oh, so once again, our buddy John is so black and white. There's no in-between. Are you picking up on this guy? And, and again, I, I always emphasize that this is the apostle of love. So this is a guy who loved people. But he's so black and white. And he says, you're either in or you're out. You're either of God or you're not of God. And he doesn't like give us like an in-between. So he says, here's how we test. Here's how we understand. We use the Jesus test is what I like to call it. And we take the Jesus test. What do people say about Jesus? That's what we need to boil it down to. And that's what we need to be people who were strong on that. What do they say? And again, when I talk to people, they bring up Jesus, I say, what Jesus are you talking about? Explain to me. Because I wanna know, I wanna know if we're talking about the same Jesus. Because we can't have fellowship if we're not talking about the same Jesus. I'm talking about the Jesus of the Bible. I'm talking about the one who was the second person of the Trinity for all eternity past. He's always been, he's always existed. And then at a point in time, he was born as a, as a human, and he was born from the Virgin Mary. I think that's important. And he was born of the Virgin Mary, and then he grew, and he became a man, and then he died on the cross for our sins, and then he resurrected, and he went into heaven. And I'm waiting for him to come back. That's the Jesus. If we're talking about that Jesus, we can have fellowship. But if you're talking about the Jesus, who's the brother of the Michael the Archangel, that's not the same Jesus. If you're talking about the Jesus who's uh, in, in, you know, and in, in, in competition with his brother Satan, that's not the same Jesus. And you need to make people define and understand the person and work of Jesus. When John says that, you know, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, he's not just using using his first name, last name. He's making sure they understand Jesus, the Messiah, has come in the flesh. Now, in their generation, it's kind of interesting. In our generation, we have to kind of defend the idea that Jesus is God. And you kind of spend a lot of time talking about the deity of Jesus. In their generation, they had to talk a long time about Jesus actually becoming human. They didn't buy into that. All they knew, a person existed, but they felt like the Christ consciousness or Jesus spirit came upon him when he was baptized and then left him when he was on the cross. And, and they had that, oh, all that mixed up thing. We talked about, you know, the, the, the uh, Gnostics and they had a, a whole theology called Doceticism, which is all about dualism and the spirit is good, the, the, you know, material's evil, so your body's material, so it's evil, so there's not much you can do with it anyway, and if, you have, if your spirit is good, you can do whatever you want with your physical body, because it just doesn't matter, just some weird stuff. Well, John's trying to listen, he's trying to get them to understand, Jesus the Messiah came in the flesh. Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. I know that doesn't make sense mathematically. 
I know people tell me, dude, that doesn't make sense. I don't care. That's who he is. And we need to know that, so we need to defend that. And we need to be people. Now, I get dogmatic on this for one main reason. I need a savior. I'm not gonna go to heaven without Jesus. And when you pick on my Jesus, you're picking on my salvation. And I'm not gonna let you pick on my salvation. I'm not gonna go to heaven because I'm a good guy. I'm not gonna go to heaven because I do everything right. I'm gonna go to heaven because Jesus Christ came and died for my sin. Don't mess with him. Last time we were in Israel, we were in Jerusalem and Gainel and I had stayed a little bit extra and we're in Jerusalem and we're in a, a, an area by the old city and she went shopping. Shock. <laughs> so she was shopping so I did what I do. I had some coffee. You shop, I'm gonna drink espresso, that's fine. And I'm just enjoying myself. I'm watching people and I like to watch people and I'm having my espresso and I'm enjoying myself and some Jehovah's Witnesses came up and sat with me. Now, in the flesh, my first response in my mind was, you shouldn't even be allowed to be in Jerusalem. Like, why are you even here? Get out. That's, hey, I'm just honest. And I'm fleshing out and I'm, and I'm angry that they're even there. And then I got in the spirit. And we started talking. And then we started sword fighting. Right, I mean, you're just gonna do that. And we start sword fighting about the Bible. And then one of them stopped and they said, why are you so hung up on this Jesus? Glad you asked. <laughs> and here's the thing, man, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna budge. And you know, it came down to, they weren't gonna budge either. So I said, you know what? Let me just have my coffee, you go sit at another table, you know, kind of thing. But, you're not, but I'm not gonna give up on Jesus, I don't care. I don't care if you even try and embarrass me. I'm not gonna give up on Jesus. And here's what John's saying, that's the test. That's the test, and if, listen, I don't care again. I don't even care, I don't care if they have the name Christian on their door, I don't care if they use the name, you know, pastor, minister, teacher. If they're giving you another Jesus, they're wrong. And we need to know that, and we need to be, you know, I think we need to be hard about it. So John says that, and then, listen, and then at the end of verse three, it's interesting, so he talks about that, and he says, and this is a spirit uh, I'm sorry, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist. I kind of like the idea. This is, like, this is like the third or fourth time he's brought up the Antichrist. Have you paid attention to that with John? You know what that tells me? John was looking for the Christ. And John was expecting Jesus to show up, not just, you know, show up, but Jesus to come back at any moment. Just like every generation should look for the return of Christ. We should be expecting him to show up. So he's talking about the Antichrist. And listen, he says, he says, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is, was coming and is now already in the world. Now, John wasn't confused. Some people go, oh, poor John. He wasn't confused. Here's what he knew. John knew 
that there's always, listen, I think, and I've said it before when we were earlier in John, I think every generation there's an antichrist. Why? Satan doesn't know when Jesus is coming back. Do you, do you understand that Satan doesn't know everything? Do you know that? He's not omniscient. It's not like Satan and God are equals. Like God is way up here and Satan is way down here. And Satan doesn't, listen, he doesn't know everything. He doesn't know when Jesus is coming back. So if you're Satan and you're gonna do the big overthrow and you have to do it, what are you gonna do? You're gonna have somebody waiting every generation. And so I think there's always an antichrist and I think there's many who are against Christ or instead of Christ, many imposters. So I think right now in our generation, I think there's an antichrist. If you were born again in the 80s, do you remember there was that full page ad that Benjamin Cram took out in the New York Times and then some, some West Coast papers and he took out a full page ad and he said the Antichrist is here now? Interesting, you know, that he would do that and, and you know, I think that was a sign for some of us in the 80s. Now, I don't know if that same person and, you know, I don't know who the, well, I do know who the Antichrist is. It's Clint Eastwood. So I like to tell people that. People go, why? Read your Bible and watch Clint Eastwood movies and you will understand. It'll come to you. You should read your Bible and watch everything. Your Bible should influence everything you do. I lost some of you. Come back. So listen, John, John says, the Antichrist, you heard he was coming, but he's here now and there's many antichrists. The theology is test the spirits by what they say about Jesus the Christ, right? Do that, and then, I love verse four. Listen to verse four. You are, uh, you are of God, little children. So again, he goes from like, those guys are outside, now you guys are inside, right? The little children. I always love it when I read that, right? You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them, why? because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. A lot of us know that part of that verse, don't we? A lot of us even claim that part of that verse, but we usually claim that part of that verse when something bad is happening to us. What is the context? It's important. What's the context? The context is false teaching. And the context is you're not gonna be duped by that. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We need to understand something. The Holy Spirit is in us and he's like when someone's, and even when we're listening to somebody, he's in there tapping away. Don't listen, right? He's in there trying to get us and we're going, shh, I'm trying to listen to this guy. And the Holy Spirit's saying, no, greater is he that is in you. Do you believe that? I believe that. We spend a lot of money on some self-help stuff, even spiritual self-help stuff, rather than yielding and listening to him and letting him guide us and read our Bibles and let him interpret and let him teach us. Greater is he. We need to hang on to that and we need to know that. I don't think I'm gonna get duped, why? Because I depend on him. Once again, I don't think I'm brilliant. I don't think I'm a really smart guy. I think I'm just like average or maybe a little below average. Like I barely got out of high school and that was Bisbee High School. And I barely got out. Squeaked my way through. 
I could tell you stories. But, but listen, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I have that defense. Now I have to tell you a story I told the other services, has nothing to do with this teaching. But whenever I go to this verse, whenever I go, even in, in 1 John chapter four, every time I go to it, I'm taken back when, when, we were, when we were first saved, been saved a year, maybe a couple years, and I had to, we, Dean Ellen, I had this friend who wasn't saved, and we're witnessing to her all the time. We had our studio, our pottery studio, and she would come, and we would just like banter back and forth because she so didn't want to be saved. And we would go back and forth, and I would tell her, you know, go read this, and, and she had a Bible, so I'd say, go read this in Genesis, or go read read this place or go read that. Well, one day we're like going, and I don't remember why, but I said, you need to go read 1 John chapter four. Well, she went away and she came back angry. I mean, furious. And I thought, I'm in trouble. And I said, what's up? And she goes, how dare you? And I go, how dare me what? She goes, how dare you tell me to read John chapter four? Do you know what John chapter four is about? the woman at the well. <laughs> and the woman at the well, if you know the story, at the end of the story, Jesus said, go tell your husband. And she goes, I don't have a husband. And he said, I know, neither the man you're with is not your husband, neither were the five before him, right? Well, she was living with somebody. And she's furious. And I'm thinking, oh no. And I said, I know you're mad at me, but I did not tell you to read John chapter four. I told you to read 1 John chapter four. And I got a Bible and I showed her the difference and she's looking at it and it got a little bit better. Now here's the good news. Probably two months later she got saved. And I did tell her, listen, I did tell her when she was doing that, I said, I didn't tell you to read John chapter four, but God did. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, right? So listen, that had nothing to do with this. I just, it's just, every time I read this, I think of it, so I thought you guys should too. <laughs> do you believe that? Do you believe that God, and not in a, not in a new age sense, that God lives in you Amen. and guides you and directs you? Man, that is intense. Now, listen, now he's gonna get into the word. He's gonna shift a little bit. He gives us that. So he says, listen, man, you've already overcome them. They, verse five, they are of the world. So here's what he's saying. Again, no middle ground. You're either of Jesus or you're of the world. They are of the world. And listen to what he says. And I think most of us realize this. They're of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world and the world hears them. So listen, he lets us know that these guys are, are, are listening to the world. Now, most of us are shaking our heads. We get it. But how often do we let the world creep into our thinking? And we don't listen, we don't put up barriers, we don't, we don't put up, uh, you know, the, the whole searchlight thing that I like to think about. What, is what they said in line with what God says? 
I need to be careful. And listen, I'm not saying we shouldn't never listen to people in the world, but I'm saying we need to be careful. And especially when it creeps into the church, especially when it comes into the church and they start saying things like, oh, this book contains the word of God. Or, oh, hey, I know what the Bible says, but we're gonna do it this way. That's the world speaking. And sad to say, listen, we live in a generation where that's creeping in. Why? Because of podcasts. Because of, you know, uh, the latest teaching we're listening to. Hey, I know when I got saved, it was hard to get outside teaching. We had to get these things called tapes. Cassettes, little square, they're about like this, or rectangular, right? You had to get them, you put them in a little box, turned it on, and it played to you. And it was hard, listen... But nowadays, we've got them on our phones, we've got them on our, our devices, we've got them even in our cars, we've got MP3 players, we're doing everything, and we need to be careful. And he says, listen, they are of the world, and the world hears them, and, and so we need to know that, but we are of God, and he who knows God hears us. So think about that. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says this, he says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Listen, do you understand that? You can't understand the Bible unless the Holy Spirit is in you and dwelling in you, giving you understanding. How many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you tried to read the Bible before you were saved? I did. And it made no sense. I would read it and go, I don't get it. I don't understand. As a matter of fact, since you guys slept in, I'll give you an extra story. <laughs> Gaynell got saved before me, and she wanted to read the Bible together. Bad idea. She goes, come on, just read the Bible with me. I said, okay. Well, and I'm not gonna tell you every detail, but we started, we didn't even get through Genesis because I mocked it. I made fun of it. Every little detail I would bring up, oh, well, that's the stupidest thing. You get my point? I was of the world. And finally my wife said, I don't wanna read the Bible with you anymore. It's kinda of crazy where we're at now, but anyway, just, you know, that shows how powerful God is. But then, listen, then when I got saved, I got saved in my bed. So I've never raised my hand in church. I've never gone forward. Never done that. Some people say, are you sure you're saved? Oh, I know I'm saved. I called on the name of the Lord in my bed. I was scared. I can remember my heart was beating out of my chest because I was trusting him. People had told me about him, and I'm going, okay, man, I don't know if this is really real, but I'm going for it. And I'm the kind of guy, I'm all in. I'm either all in or not in at all. And I was all in, I was doing it. But I remember I got up the next morning and I opened the Bible and what happened? It had changed. No, I had changed, right? Because the Spirit, so, so listen, this is what John is telling us here. He's saying to us that the Spirit Listen, that we are who have God, we know, we know God, and we listen, right? So we are of God, and he who knows God hears us, and uh, he who is not of God does not hear us. Now, I think, we gotta, I think we gotta camp here just for a moment, because some people take this out of context and really blow it. John says we. Who's the we? 
Some interpret this as we, as we the church. And he who is of God hears us, and the ones who are not of God don't. So if you leave this church, you're no longer of God. That's how some people interpret this. Bad interpretation. That's a horrible interpretation. You know, people can leave our church and still be saved. Do you know that? No amens there. Right? They can, right? They can leave our church and still go to heaven. I hope you know that. Because that's important. Because listen, now, do I think this is the best church in town? Absolutely. I wouldn't come here if I didn't. But people can leave and it's okay. The only thing, if you do leave, I bring this up occasionally. If you do leave, you're firing me. I want you to know you're firing me. And if you're gonna fire me, have the courtesy to tell me when you're leaving. Pat, I'm firing you and here's why. Just have that courtesy, that's all I ask. I'm not gonna try and talk you out of it. You know, just have the courtesy to tell me. Uh, last night, like 16 people fired me. First service, they loved me. First service, they said, oh, you're still not fired. So I'll see what you guys do. We'll kind of do a poll here. But the Saturday Nighters, they're tough people, man, and you gotta watch out for them. So listen, but John's not saying if you leave the church. Who's the we? The we is the apostolic uh, uh, doctrine that was delivered to the church through the apostles, through John, through James, through Peter, through Matthew. That's the we he's talking about. So don't try and take that and, you know, too many people like pervert things. It's not about us. It's about the doctrine that we get and we might just say it this way, the word of God, the New Testament we have and Old Testament, but he was specifically speaking we when, when the writers of the New Testament and that's what he was talking about and here's what he's saying. Listen, we are of God and he who knows God hears us and he who is not of God does not hear us. Listen, people who are not born again, it doesn't make any sense to them, does it? We talked about it. It's like even right now, even right now for some of you, it's like this because you're not born again. You've been here 45 minutes, maybe a little longer and here's what you're hearing. Blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. You've checked your watch 15 times. You're wondering when this is going to end because you're not born again. And if you're not born again, it makes no sense. I get that. Sometimes I want to start the service with the altar call so people will get born again. Then they can hear what we have to say. Sometimes I know that's like people are going, dude, that's so backwards. <laughs> we'll do it sometime. We'll do it next week, maybe. But do you hear what he's saying? It doesn't work. And do you talk to people in the world? They don't get it. Paul says it this way. I think this is an interesting way. Listen to what Paul says in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians. That's the wrong passage where he did that one. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says this. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are, to God, we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one were the smell of death. To the other were the fragrance of life. Oh. See, to people who God is working on and drawing, they kind of, we get around and they kind of go, 
people in the world, they're going, shoo, you stink, right? And we need to understand, not everybody's gonna embrace what we have to say, and it's okay. We're not responsible to save people. We're responsible to be light in this generation. God saves them. The Holy Spirit has not given up his position. He's not taking applications. He's not looking for somebody to take his place. He's still very capable of saving people. We need to know that. Oh, we have a responsibility to be light. But some of us think that it's all about us and we get uptight when somebody rejects what we have to say. That's on them. And that's their problem, not our problem. So what does John say? Here's what he says, bottom line, test the spirits. We kind of got that. How do I test the spirits? What do people say about Jesus? How is that person's behavior? And not, listen, I, I, you know, we all blow it, but we're talking about, are they filled with the spirit? Is there somebody really walking in the spirit? And then lastly, how are they treating the word of God? Are they somebody that they're standing on the word of God? Are they somebody that's telling you to get into the word? If you go to any fellowship or hear any teacher and he tells you the word's not important, get out of there. It's the word that will change us and mold us and shape us. So that's where we're at. That's what we need to do. And I'm kind of excited about it because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Let's stand up and pray. Father, as we do get ready to go, Lord, I, I, I do thank you. I thank you for the challenge. Lord, some of us just need this. Some of us, some of us after this service, we need to clean out our, our, our iPods or our podcasts. We need to look at those, we need to fix those. Some of us need to fix some books that we've downloaded. Some of us need to fix some other teachings that we've downloaded. We need to look at things and we need to be careful about what we're eating. Draw us close to you, Lord. Open up our hearts and make us men and women that are, number one, discerning, but also make us men and women who are in love with you and honor and glorify you with our lives, with what we do. I'm gonna ask you to stay in the attitude of prayer and if you are here today and you're not born again and maybe even you listened and went, man, that was just a lot of words and it was kinda, it just didn't make sense to you. You have to be born again to hear the things of God. And maybe right now the Spirit's working on you. Maybe your heart's beating a little heavy right now. Maybe your hands are a little sweaty. That's because God is drawing you. Today is a day of salvation for you. So if I'm talking to you, I just want you to listen to this part, man. You can call on the name of the Lord, my Bible says, and you will be saved. The Bible says very clearly, whoever calls on him will be saved. So I can stand here today and tell you there's salvation for you. All you have to do is let God know you want to be saved. And in order to do that, listen, if you're saying you want to be saved, you got to explain from what? Well, you want to be saved because you have sinned. So the first thing you have to do is confess that you're a sinner. Shouldn't be hard. Everyone sinned. 
And I think we even know it. I don't think we even need to explain that. We have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. And because we've sinned, what we've earned, the wages, the Bible says, what we've earned is the eternal wrath of God. That's bad news. None of that sounds good. The good news is Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross. He didn't just die physically. On that cross, he took the wrath that you deserve and the wrath that I deserve, and he took it upon himself. And in a moment, in an instant of time, he suffered that wrath so that you and I don't have to. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I want you. And here's the cool thing. He's got a receipt for you this morning that says, your debt is paid in full. I took care of it. So if I'm speaking to you and you want that to be a reality in your life, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a prayer. You can say this prayer with me. You can say it out loud. You can say it silently. It's gotta come from your heart. You need to be sincere. If you're watching online, you can say it right there in your home. You can, you can call on the Lord there. You don't have to be in this building. If you're backslidden, you're miserable. So come home, come back to Jesus. Say this prayer with us. Jesus, today I confess that I am a sinner. I'm sorry that I sinned against you. And right now I'm asking you to forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you today for your forgiveness. And right now, I want you to come into my heart and change me. Jesus, come into my life and guide me. I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior.